Welcome to the CapTech podcast with President Sims. I am president of Capital Technology University. We're a small, private, nonprofit, fully accredited university in Laurel, Maryland, focused on building and enhancing careers for industry and demand areas. We have been in business since 1927 and focus on STEM or management of STEM degrees at the bachelor's, master's, and doctoral levels. Today, we Dr. Joe Salustio from EdUp Experience Podcast. He's a co-founder. Welcome to the podcast. Brad, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here and talk with you. And uh, we've gotten to know each other over the last six months or so. Um, and uh, I'm really happy to talk with you. Well, could you give us just a you know a thumbnail of your background so the listeners know who you are? Sure. So um, uh, Joe Slustio, I've got about 20 years of higher ed experience. Um, I've been with institutions in the career college for-profit sector. I've worked for a uh, regionally accredited for-profit and now a regionally accredited for-profit. Primarily my background's been in operations, enrollment, marketing, and really scaling student enrollment and student service uh, areas. And, um, you know, I work for an institution called Claremont Lincoln University now on the West Coast, um, our graduate programs in um, uh, arts programs, uh, liberal arts programs for the most part, and also had the honor and uh, with two of co-founders, Elizabeth Leiba and Alvin Freitas, to start the EdUp Experience podcast, which is, we believe, now, I don't know if there's anybody out there that actually can verify this, but we believe it's the fastest growing and most influential podcast in higher education today. We're nearing in on about 60,000 downloads of the podcast in our first 16 months of operation. We actually started this. It's a coronavirus business, um, all started in coronavirus. In fact, our, uh, we've never met each other. Elizabeth, Elvin, and I have never met each other. We've just done all of this podcasting via virtual uh, Zoom and, and otherwise, uh, but we're, we're growing fast. We have a network now. Uh, we started the podcast. Now we have a network of 17 shows all under the EdUp Experience umbrella in education and social justice areas. So it's been rapid growth, Brad, and it's been crazy. In fact, you, my friend, were a guest on the EdUp Experience podcast. I was. That's where I got introduced to all of you, all from the EdUp Experience. I listen to the podcast. There's a lot of good information on there. And as well as, you know, discussing with ideas of how to improve your profile on LinkedIn, especially at the higher education level. Was there a, a real purpose behind starting up EdUp Experience? Good question. I think that's, that's uh, tough to answer because I think we, Elvin and I originally, we spoke about it, thought that there was missing conversation in higher education. There were some podcasts, Brad, that, that go over higher ed. This is pre-EdUp experience, but they were brutal to listen to, frankly. And, and we, we thought, you know what? They're, they're, uh, podcasting as a media form is really starting to catch fire. But there's nothing in higher education. You know, people are afraid to talk about higher education topics. And, and where are the leaders, these amazing community college, private college, public college presidents, chancellors, leaders that aren't taking advantage of the media that's, you know, it's funny because if somebody from a media company calls you and we, we consider the EdUp experience as a media company, we're going to call you, we're going to put you on a microphone. There's this thought that the interview is negative. That was happening when we were first reaching out for guests. Like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? And we were getting, well, what are we going to talk about? And how are we going to talk about it? And you know, it's like we were a journalist looking for digging for dirt, and that's not what we're doing at EdUp. We're trying to highlight the important voices that are bringing change. And so we said our, our 
purpose is to bring highlight to, to these conversations, these important leaders, and inspire people to pursue a, a lifelong learning mindset. And what form does that come in? It comes in non-credit education, for credit education. It comes in all different kinds of forms, but we have to highlight the people that are bringing innovation and technology to higher education. So it became a passion. It became a, you know, and then all of a sudden people started listening beyond my wife and my mom and Elvin's wife. For five, we, I think we had five people listen the first episode and all of them were friends or family. And then, uh, and then it started to take hold from there. And we're, we're really blessed and lucky that uh, we've been able to influence in the way that we have. Well, before that even, what, what led you guys to even think about putting this together? There was just, uh, you know, I, I, the story goes like this. I was doing a podcast for um, an organization called Higher Ed Live. And I was a, a contracted host. And I was doing a podcast basically on whatever I could come up with. You know, what, what am I going to come up with? What am I going to talk about today? And um, they actually folded out of business. They wanted a business. And so I just finished my, my doctorate degree. I was looking to fill my time. Brad, there's this thing I'm sure you know well and probably talk about it where this is like almost this uh, depression point when you get finished with your doctorate, you filled your time around the work and all of a sudden you have this free time. Right at that moment, Elvin sent me a text message and asked me if I wanted to collaborate on a project. I had just finished co-host. I had finished doing the hosting on Higher Ed Live. I had this time available and he said, let's start a podcast. And we did scan. We did some environmental scanning. We looked at competition. We said, will anybody really listen to this? What's the, our value? Is our value trying to get as many people to listen to it as possible? Or is it to get some people to listen to it that really, really resonate with our message? And we don't really care about the huge audience. We just wanted to do something that was meaningful. And that's, that's how it started. Oh, I completely understand. Uh, that's that's great reason. Uh, you know, we started just recently the Cap Tech podcast here at Capital Technology University, and a lot of that has to do with our interactions with you guys at EdUp Experience. Could you tell the folks what's the ins and out of podcasting? What do you really need to know if you're going to start? And I had been using LinkedIn for years, and we had a discussion of how to improve your profile. And then after the podcast, you know, have discussions about what to use. You mentioned Anchor was the primary pro. That's what I use for the podcast at the Cap Tech podcast. Very easy to edit. You use, uh, I use Canva to, to put in a graphic image. It's, it's really easy to do, you know, and, and your help for me is to help the university. That's, I mean, obviously, since I'm president of Capital Technology University, that's why I'm here to do is to help the university and our students succeed. So from the podcasting point of view for higher education of what you mentioned, what do you recommend why a higher education institution would use podcasting? What would be the, the best value or, or, or impact from using a podcasting platform? Yeah, Brad, I think you're, it's a great question and you're at the front end of this. Um, you're one of the most techno uh, technology savvy uh, presidential uh, folks I've come across. You, you dive in, you use Canva, you're doing the podcast. I think it's, here's the answer. It's free. You don't have to take any of your budgeting dollars and spend money to create a podcast. You can do it as I'm sure you're doing it, Brad. On the fly, you then create a piece of material, content. And if you've got a marketing team, a good one, 
they're going to take that piece of content. They're going to put it up on your website and make it available for people to listen to. If you really want to get into the nitty gritty pieces of what you can do, you can create videos within Anchor. You can use an app called the Headliner that allows you, uh, actually will transcribe your pieces of video and put the transcription over the top and allow you to publish those videos right to social media. So you could have a 15 second, 30 second video talking about the value proposition of your university. That's all free content. You know, one of the big complaints from marketing teams in higher education is quote unquote, we need more content. We need more content from, uh, we need so-and-so Dean to give us more content. We need them on video doing this or video doing that. I really don't. I, I need an audio file. I could create the video from the audio file. I could actually put their picture on it using Canva, as you suggested, and have them saying something that's transcribed 30 seconds long right on uh, and push it right to all the social media channels. And, and I don't really even need to do anything other than get that faculty member on a podcast for, let's say, 30 minutes. And I have a year's worth of stuff I can use and rotate from that one faculty member about their program, about their initiative, about university initiative. And it doesn't cost me anything other than staff time that, that would be allocated somewhere else anyway, right? If, you, if it wasn't filled cutting up a podcast audio file, it would be filled creating a trifold brochure that you can send out electronically. So you're repurposing time, not spending additional time. And it lives in perpetuity. It's something that can be cycled and refurbished and reused in a number of ways. I mean, you think about email campaigns. What do you put within email campaigns? Well, maybe I'm gonna put a 15 second video that says the reason to come to uh, Capital Technology University from, uh, from President Dr. Brad Sims right here, bam, 15 seconds. The reason is X, Y, Z, come, come and see us, come check us out. And it goes out to 10,000 people, for example. So how do you repurpose the content? It's, and that's the answer I would give is that it's free. You don't need to, and it doesn't even matter if anyone listens. It just gives you an opportunity to take something that you already know, which is the benefits of your university and distill it and create audio from it. I mean, it's like, I'm sure your marketing team has come to you, Brad, and said, Brad, I need you on a video. We've got to get a video of you to send out to students. I don't know if I really need that anymore. I got your picture, Brad. I could send out a video. <laughs> I got to put it, send out the audio of you and it's going to transcribe right over the top. Oh, oh, by the way, you might have some students that just want to read that instead of listen. And so that you think about the different ways we learn and mm. uh, something like that can be really powerful for universities to increase enrollment or uh, help with mental health, get a presidential message out, emergency services. I can go on and on and I could go on and on, Brad. You know, if I get in front of a microphone, I can go on forever. So, so uh, talking about podcasting, and it is a low-cost way to get information out there, uh, the tools. So, mics, uh, anything specific that you should purchase to make it as easy and also as clear as you can to uh, record this information? Yeah, you know, that's that's a good question. And I, I think starting out, I, there's two things I would say. Number one, don't take yourself too seriously. It can feel a little nerve wracking, especially if you're just your first couple episodes and you have a guest on. It's easy to get tongue tied. It's easy to be really serious. People don't love serious stuff. They love it. They like it. I mean, if it's like a true crime podcast and you're talking about, you know, some crime that happened and looking at all the forensic facts, that's one thing. But 
if you're talking about something that's life-changing, like higher education, it's okay to have fun and not take it too serious. It's, it's people want to have fun with information. Number two, don't invest tons of dollars into getting started until you figure out that you're wanna, do you want to do this and stick with it. You know, the number one thing that happens with podcasts is if somebody starts a podcast, they do it for, I don't know, however many episodes you want to say, 5, 10, 15, 20 even, and then they stop. And they see it as too time consuming. They lost their purpose. They don't know what to talk about. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of podcasts out there that are just one and done. It's like songs from the 80s, very popular songs you would recognize from the 80s. And it's the only one the band ever put out. They never had a follow-up hit. So you have to decide where your consistency is. So if you've got your purpose and you've got your consistency, you need a, a good set of headphones. And that's just to drown out the noise around you. You can get a pair of headphones like I have on Amazon for 20 bucks. Um, this microphone that I'm using and that I know you're using, Brad, is a, it's a Blue Yeti microphone. It is one of the most popular podcasting uh, microphones. And I think that actually has more to do with like, you know, everybody trying to look cool with their microphone as much as it actually does with the microphone itself. I've uh, had great podcasts done where this blue Yeti, I couldn't figure out how to use it for a while. So I'd throw on my Apple corded headphones. The corded headphones work a lot better than the AirPods do. And Zoom, if you have a, what, $100 subscription to Zoom for a year and uh, Anchor's free. And then he goes, let's call it a $150 investment for a year long um, uh, uh, content production of a podcast. So you don't need much to get started. You just need something to talk about and something you're passionate about to continue to, to produce episodes. And Brad, I know you're passionate about Capital Technology University, which is why I was so excited to see you put out your podcast and um, see that, that you've had uh, great guests come on, that the topics that you're covering are so relevant for technology education today. And you know, I know your university is solid about finding people jobs. So having somebody out there like yourself invest in doing a podcast shows that it's, it can be very valuable um, to colleges and universities to complement their, their spend with uh, something that could reduce acquisition costs, reduce the amount of money you spend on content creation. Yeah, well, as you know, most small private nonprofit universities don't have lots of excess money. So we have to be smart what we spend on, especially in the marketing area. And so, you know, uh, podcasting is another great way to get your information out. And as you mentioned, you know, we're proud here at Capital Tech uh, of our students and what they can do, and including this fall for our undergraduate students, any undergraduate student on campus starting this fall or a transfer student with two years left, we now offer them a guarantee that when they graduate, if they're not making a minimum of $50,000 salary, we will repay their loans for them and their parent loans every quarter until their salary exceeds $50,000 a year. Now, That's incredible. we can do that because virtually none of our students start less than $50,000 a year with the annual salary. So we're, we're happy to add that in as another scholarship we pay for in our back end. But the students at the undergraduate level on campus uh, receive, you know, great benefit from that. So, you know, uh, even though we think that's a great plan, um, it's about getting the information out to potential students to see what they can get from, uh, you know, technical-based university. And that's just something else that we want to try to market. And podcasting seems one way that you can get the information besides our, our regular blogs and all our other marketing things. It's, it's a, it's a, 
it's a challenging market in education to be able to expose students to what you can offer them for their ROI or return on investment, which I like to make sure that we offer to all of our students because, um, you know, back in the day when I went to school, it was to get a career and I was very successful at that in the industry. And then I uh, ended up in higher education. So I just want to do the same thing for our students. Yeah, and you think about how many people, you know, I know you have great programs in cybersecurity and, and other technology areas. You think about the number of people who are interested in cybersecurity that aren't thinking about higher education as a go-to for finding out information about cybersecurity because they just don't think in that way. So a podcast like yours can bring in a whole new market of listeners uh, with that content. And that's, that's powerful, right? And it's, it's just production cost, it's time. Um, but, but it's passion. If you could talk about your university and your mission and be passionate about it, you've got the great makings of a, of a podcast, as you know very well, because I've, I've seen your amazing podcast and listened to it a couple of times and, and see your great graphics that make me jealous and why my graphics are better. So I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> well, you know, Canva is a great tool, as, as I find for graphics. And we do have some great people here at Capital Tech that do uh, the, the really good graphics. I rely on them a lot. We do a lot of internal work on, on marketing. We just find that it, it reflects more what we need in a quick turnaround time. We're always changing quickly. And so we can't buy thousands and thousands of copies of the same marketing material because two months later, it's completely different. So we right. have to rely on our internal sources to make that happen. So at a university, I mean, you know, I've taken up the the challenge of starting the podcast here at Capital Tech, but what would you say would be the best folks at a university to be the leaders in doing podcasts on behalf of the universities? Uh, I, I, my opinion is that it is the college president um, because, you know, I think as a vehicle, um, you think about this, Brad, of fundraising, relationship development, um, you can use, you know, go out and find a podcast guest with a foundation that you want to work with and see what the potential investment in your institution might be. Well, that person, one thing I could say about podcasting is that everybody likes to talk about themselves, myself included. Um, that goes for everybody. And you want to talk about your message, what you're passionate about. And podcasting gives you an opportunity to do that at scale. You could be on two podcasts a week, five podcasts a week. There's people out there that are always looking for podcast guests. So it becomes a relationship development tool. That's, that's what I have seen the biggest benefit come. And Brad, you're a really good example of that. We have developed a relationship from our ability to podcast and we're having you on. And, you know, that relationship has just been trading of information, and, uh, but, but it's still a relationship nonetheless. Now, if you want to turn that up and, you know, go out and start a partnership with a local business, getting that leader on to talk about what you do at CapTech it can, it's an easy way to really facilitate that relationship uh, building, especially in a world where not everybody wants to work in person together right now. And, and who knows how long it will be before everybody opens up to that. So it's a, it's a network connector, relationship building tool. Um, and then, you know, you can, as I said, repurpose it. Now, I think most universities would go, oh, well, this is communications. This is a marketing and communications tool. I disagree. I, I think marketing and communications is the vehicle for promotion but it is not and should not be run necessarily. Now, marketing communications might produce it, but it should be highlighting something else within the university because the podcast material has got to be organic enough and valuable enough that it's not just, hey, 
we're marketing, we're communications, here's what you have going on, come to our university, you know, you're gonna love it. it. It has to be less direct than that. It has to be bringing the audience something of value. So let's talk about a program. Let's talk about, it could be a dean, it could be, um, it could be your vice uh, president of academics uh, who's talking about program information. It could be whoever's running career services to talk about where the students are working, how that job took place, what the testimonial is from that person, how long it took them to get a job and why. So there's, there's built-in value. And then from that value, you can communicate through marketing and enrollment. But on its own, value proposition isn't enough. There has to be substance behind it, you know, highlights of parts of the university and, and why those parts are, are working so well. What you're doing, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, Brad, and I, I mean, you're doing great work and you're at the forefront, right? There's university podcasts out there that are doing nothing for the university. Yours is external, you're externally focused to people who are interested in what you have to offer. And I think that's, that's creating true value. And you're going to find people who find value in your podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, I created my podcast really to speak with industry individuals to have them tell us in higher education, what do they need from us? Because they move faster than we can move in our degree programs at the university. And we need to keep up with what industry needs us to produce in our students because the industry is driving the economy. Without the economy, we have nothing. So I really appreciate them taking time out of their work to, to speak with me. But the other aspect, which I've believed for many years, you know, I've worked at other uh, state universities and other private universities. One of the challenges that I find for, if you look at the traditional age students that come in and look at your programs, is that if they're not familiar with technical programs, if they're not comfortable with it, they may hesitate about coming into your program. But yet, these programs provide well-paid careers for lifelong uh, you know, investment in those programs. And, and the best example I can give is, is uh, in the recession of 2008, I was at a university where we had a bachelor's degree in automation control engineering technology, which is basically computer controls and manufacturing. Students were still graduating in 2008, 100% placement, $60,000 starting jobs, but I couldn't get students in the program. Now, it's just difficult to describe some of these programs to potential students. And so I think through a podcast is another way that if you can get working individuals in those market areas to discuss what they do, then a potential student can maybe put themselves in that perspective and say, hey, that's a career I never thought about, but now I can see where it's relevant to where my interests are. And, and you know, getting more students in the technical areas is, is good for everybody because there's plenty of career opportunities today, even during the pandemic to be involved with those areas. And, you know, my focus here, of course, is not just on traditional students, but I, I am strongly trying to advocate to help transitioning military and future career changers who may not like their careers. I, I need them all in these degree programs and we're here to cover all of that. You know, it's interesting you say that in this, um, you know, with my 20 years of experience in marketing, I, I say that in, you know, hopefully all the faculty and deans out there don't, don't uh, kill me, but the worst mistake any university ever made was letting an academic name a program <laughs> because the academic name of the program is generally anti-Google friendly. <laughs> and that's the way you want to measure your, your program names is what's the name of the program and how many searches are being conducted for that program before you decide to go to your regional accreditor and get the, get the name uh, of your program approved, your program approved. Somebody searching for uh, the one you mentioned, 
probably less than computer manufacturing. There might be more students looking for that. So although the name is less sexy, if you will, you always measure the program name by the number of Google searches. Now, if you're, you know, we, we have one at our university, it was called, it's a social impact, right? There, there, it was named before I came on board, would have never named it social impact. There aren't a lot of searches for social impact. So we have to do a lot of explaining, as you said, what is this program? Um, how does it help you? What, what will it do for you? But to your point, if you're in that position, yes, a podcast is one way to bring on even somebody like a, a faculty member that is really able to talk about the tech, because technology is scary, even if you're a technological, a technologically advanced and you hear of a really technical program name, it's going to put you off a little bit, almost like math, right? When you start talking about math, people go, oh, um, so you've got you've to bring somebody on that goes, oh yeah, it's all technology, but it's your current experience we're going to pull from. It's going to be you know, your work application. So that, that's really important. That's what we try to do in orientations in higher ed, right? Before the student begins classes is tell them, oh, don't get scared, you're, you're going to love it. But if you can do that in advance, then you're talking about a podcast potentially being a, oh boy, you call it stitch in, like a stitch in tool, um, a, a solidification uh, a way to solidify your students as they approach their start date to make them more solid uh, to get started instead of maybe flaking out at the last second. So I agree with you. It's a great area that we can cover in these podcasts. And as we grow them here at Capital Tech, I, I hope that uh, we gain listeners over time. It, it, they will be available and they are on our website through the uh, the free webinars we also offer here that somebody can go listen to or they can listen to them live and ask questions each month. In podcasting, now whenever I downloaded Anchor and I started this, uh, I was figuring out how do you market the podcast? And so within that, you could link to many podcast platforms. You know, I linked to as many as I could throughout that. So I had to go build accounts and all these podcast platforms and, and be able to link it out of Anchor. So, so what's the best way to market your podcast? Uh, so you're talking about distribution channels. So when you come with, channels, yeah. yeah, when you come to Anchor, I think it gives you 15 different distribution channels. You have to go and get Apple on your own manually. Some of the other ones, I think Spotify owns Anchor. So if you, if you do Anchor, you immediately go and you get put up on Spotify. But yes, over time, you want to be connected to as many distribution channels as possible. Somebody might get their podcast on Google. Somebody might get their podcast on Amazon. Somebody listens on Apple, whatever. But, the, but to, to get to your question, the best way to market your podcast, and here's a simple answer for you. Which social media platform is your dominant channel or the one that you want to be dominant on? Because when you have a guest on, assume that guest is going to share it, or if you ask for the guest to share it, they're going to share it once. So what one is most important for them to share it on? Is it Twitter? Is it Instagram? Is it LinkedIn? Is it something else? Um, for us at EdUp, it, it's been LinkedIn. And so when we send our sh a show notes or the, the guest email at the end that says, hey, your, your recording is live and here's, here's how to share it. Here's how to share it. Here's where to share it. Here's our handles. Here's a graphic to give you everything that you need. So if you only do one single thing, the number one thing, the, the one thing one time, we want you to share it on LinkedIn because that's where we're going to reshare it from. So that's how you grow your audience, right? If the, the, the main ask that I have when I have a guest on is please share our episode, please, that we're doing with you because that opens me up to your audience and brings in potential listeners to my podcast. If you don't share it as a guest, 
there's not much of a reason to have you on, <laughs> no, frankly. So, so it's, it's, um, it's the guest sharing it. You think about it like a spider web. Every time you have a guest on and they share it, you're just widening that web of potential people who are listening to your podcast. Working with EdUp, you, you and, and the other folks there at EdUp have helped me a lot to understand uh, how to improve the LinkedIn and then the connection with the podcast sharing, what's the best way of doing that. So what may be some of those highlights that you want to uh, tell a higher education uh, if they are sharing, what would be the best way to do that? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, LinkedIn, if you're, it's such a, it's a tough answer because I find higher ed folks um, for the most part, and this does not include Brad, Sims um, are not awesome with social media. Now it could be because you're a high level job. It could be because of reluctance to be on social media, but you know what, by and large, people are gonna find you whether you want to or not. So you might as well control your own narrative. So I would say, make sure you build out your profile on LinkedIn. Make sure you have a professional built uh, a profile that's built for SEO, that's built for uh, sharing. You know, when you share an episode, know how to, how to you know, understand the basics of the LinkedIn algorithm and how your content gets rewarded or, or how it doesn't so that you can get the biggest reach for your podcast, right? Um, so those, those are a couple of things. I think, you know, sharing it on Instagram or, or Facebook, it's a little bit easier because uh, the algorithms work a little bit differently and more in the favor of mistakes. LinkedIn doesn't really accept mistakes that uh, actually limits your views if you make mistakes, but you take the episode, you, you push out a graphic and you put the link in the comments, right? Not in the actual posts so that, that you, you know, the general rule of anything is don't take the user off your website. So if you share anything on LinkedIn that takes the user off of LinkedIn, they're limiting your exposure, exposure to ad revenue. So your, your post will be penalized. So that's all stuff we've gone through, Brad. And I've been great. It's been great to talk to you about these little tricks of the trade, so to speak to increase influence and um, we'd be happy to do the same for anybody else. And I hope people check out the Edip Experience podcast and your podcast, by the way. How can you be contacted for them to consult with you on how, how to help uh, in both these areas, whether it's podcast or LinkedIn, how can you improve that for higher education experience? Sure. Uh, Edip, so www.edupexperience.com is where we house all of our episodes. We are, uh, Liz and I, doing uh, and getting a lot more interest in in-person visits. We're going to be uh, very soon in the month of July doing our first in-person conference. The Edip Experience will be visiting the Anthology Together Conference, where we're going to be setting up a booth, podcasting in real time, releasing episodes quickly, and doing a quick turnaround to try to bring some energy uh, to higher education in, in that fashion. Um, it, it'll be a lot of fun. So hopefully uh, going to be doing more events as well. People can find me. It doesn't take much to find me. I'm on LinkedIn and uh, just put my name into a Google search bar and you should be able to find me pretty easy. Joe Salustio. And uh, I've been very appreciative to be on your podcast, Brad. It really is a true honor to know you and to get to know you further. And, uh, you know, thank you for having me on. Joe, thank you today for coming on in the Cap Tech podcast. We appreciate your time. And as you can see, you can find Joe pretty much either on LinkedIn, you know, he's, his, he's everywhere on LinkedIn or on the EdUp experience, check them out. They've been beneficial to me and I hope that you can find their expertise beneficial to you and your university. Thank you.